One of the things that is of extraordinary importance in the Christian walk is humility. I've mentioned before my my impression when uh, our nation suffered that awful blow that we refer to as 9-11. These bumper stickers showed up with a flag on them and it, it said the power of pride and it would always just kind of stick me because the power in pride is a setup for a downfall. Pride goes before a And so I kept looking and never did see one with a flag on it and said that said the power of humility. Now, the power of unity has some truth to it. You know, unity is powerful. Uh, It's not as powerful as humility, but it's powerful. But if we can get the message that we are to bring our will under God's will, we can shake stuff in prayer, in our interpersonal relationships. I I was talking earlier this week with one of our members who has been through really extraordinary circumstances. (laughs) You'd find it difficult to believe some of the stuff this person's experienced in the last couple years. And... um, they they just kind of wanted to tell me what was going on and to get a tune-up is why we were talking. You know, it's just like, listen to me and tune me up or whatever, and uh, sometimes I can help with that. So um, the, my impression was this person is getting it. They are getting it, the power of humility. You give up your rights. It's not, I'm worse than everyone else. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with self-assertion. Self-assertion. When we talk about self-esteem, low self-image, self-acceptance, those kinds of things, that's really, really edgy in the kingdom of God because God is not interested in the exaltation of self. If you want to live in him, you get to come and take up your cross. You know what that means? You die. Take up your cross, follow him, the last shall be first. You want to get into the kingdom of God, you become like a four, five, six-year-old. We have to give up this. I am somebody. Pay attention to me. I have my rights. Now, the human is, is equipped to resist God's will. It just will. You did not have to teach your little child to be selfish. You did not teach them to say mine in a different tone than that. They picked it up somewhere. It must have been from her side of the family because the newbies are way too holy for that or whatever. Okay? You did not have to teach them that. And then we go through years of trying to help them to manage that 
stuff. And um, so as we come to focus uh, tonight on our power in prayer through humility, it is the setting aside of our self-life. And then, of course, when you grow up in our culture, we are taught you have rights. It was about 400, 450 years ago that the, the um, um, democratic thought began to work where individuals had rights. Before, before um, oh, the 16th century, that's, that hadn't gelled in, in man's mind. And we, you didn't have the individual rights. And, and uh, John Locke came up with uh, what he called the man in the can theory. That is, this, each individual has their own rights. And so then by the time you get uh, into the 18th century... You read in our, our national documents that each is endowed with inalienable rights, whatever that word is. Did I get it out? Something like that. It's hard to speak in tongues in the middle of that, so it kind of messes me up. But, but uh, we have these rights. And boy, then you come to Jesus and... Uh, you read about your attitude should be the same as the one who emptied himself. He was the creator with the Father in creation, with the Spirit in creation. He spoke the word, the Spirit hovered, the Father was was the doer of it was it's hard to get the trinity in our little brains in my little brain if you can handle it good for you i don't want to hear about it uh i never have gotten that but i believe it so he was there and yet and and equal with god equal with god you know what that makes him okay but he emptied himself and the greek word uh the koine greek word is kenosis which means the emptying he emptied himself of his rights as god all his privileges and became a human not only a human but a slave not only a slave but was crucified the lowest of that it gets and here he is and so then god the father watching all this, lifts him up. Wherefore, in the King James, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. How did he get there? (laughs) He's like, okay, could I just kind of shortcut that and do it in the middle here? No, no, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. This should be your attitude is the, is the meaning there. And, and, and I think that's, I don't remember what the NIV translates it. Go all the way down and let the Lord put the bottom on things. He's, he's not trying to kill you. He's trying to save you. And then in that 
state of being saved. He's trying to use you for his glory. He wants everywhere, and we'll talk some more about this Sunday. Everywhere you go, he wants when people touch you, they're touching the glory of God because God's presence is fully dwelling in you. Now, we have, we have the, the American independence. Bless God, I have my rights. Now, that's in the church. That's where I got that. That's where I heard that phrase. And we in churches have learned to, to fight each other because, bless God, we have our rights. And they're not doing the right thing. And I'm right and they're wrong. And so we just shoot them. Or worse, we crucify them. That, you know, if you're going to kill somebody, just shoot them. Don't crucify them. I mean, I, I don't recommend you do either. But So that's what we do. And that's when we walk according to our flesh. So we will deal with this Sunday. I'm kind of being eaten up by this, and it's really hard to stay out of that, but I'm going to do my best to stay where we are tonight and just deal with humility, and maybe if I just go back to my outline, I'll, I can do better here. Um, we, we make excuses for the stuff we do wrong. Have you noticed? Uh, and we have, we have uh, a euphemism for sin, and it's called wrong choices. Poor choices, uh, destructive choices, if it's a really bad sin. And we, we do that. Um, insurance company told about uh, an, an individual who explained their accident. Uh, coming home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree that I don't own. The other guy was all over the road, and I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. I have been driving my car for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. The telephone pole approached my car at a rapid speed. As I swerved to get out of its way, it hit me. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and drove over the embankment. So I didn't do anything wrong. I was a victim. I was a victim. And we have, we have this in our culture. The, the people uh, love being victimized now because that sells in our culture right at this moment. We're so guilty because we have good stuff. Listen, if God has blessed you with stuff... Stop feeling guilty about it or get rid of it. If it's a blessing from God, get full of joy to feel guilty for that is probably a sin because you're not appreciating what God has given you if he gave it to you. I'm so tired of, being, of the guilt being projected. If you have anything more than somebody down the street... It, you're guilty for having it, and it's partly your fault that they don't have it. Well, if you're cheating them, stop that. But most of us have no relationship whatsoever with anything about their life. If they have need, give them something. That's what to do. 
But we want to do this victim thing, and so it, it really works. It really sells. There are people that don't have real jobs, but they milk our culture because somebody is a victim, and they take up their cause. And I, I don't feel strongly about that at all. You know, it's like, anyway. But I want us to be blessed by God, and I want us to take that blessing and humbly put it to work in God's kingdom. Um, in the ninth chapter of Daniel is one of the most poignant passages. That whole chapter is a picture. Picture with me Daniel, he's getting close to 90. He has, he has been uh, prime minister under three different emperors. He is somebody. So I'm sure he had his own copy of the scripture. That was extremely expensive, but, but he was not a poor, poor boy. He, he had stuff. And now he is, he is retired. Um, in this, in the sense of doing any day-to-day administrative stuff, so he's reading the scripture over in Jeremiah the twenty-ninth chapter, where Jeremiah says, "When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to you to bring you back to this place for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you so this is this is the picture we see Daniel is reading that and he says in this first year of Darius I understood from the scriptures, this is uh, verses 1 and 2 of of chapter 9, Daniel. Understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. And so his conclusion was, oh my goodness, it's almost 70 years. It was like 67 years or so when he started, when he got this picture. And so he starts praying. Now, one of the things that is so great when we start dealing with humility is that it always fits in the presence of God. It just always fits. Jesus told the story of two guys who went up to the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee, and he had all of this show how righteous I am stuff down. He had that down, letter perfect. So he lifts his face up to heaven, and he says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Woo! Now, there's a picture of humility. Well, the fact is, I'm glad I'm not like other men. But that really stinks out on the surface Tell it to God. He's the one that took you. You were far worse than others and did something with you. And you're not as bad as you were. And you're not as bad as some people. You're not. Hallelujah. So so that part of the prayer, (coughs) Jesus 
wasn't real proud of this, so I don't want to say it's okay, but that part of the prayer could be true in, in a lot of lives. I know you. Uh, I know people that I wish were like you. <laughs> it's like, praise God, yes. Okay. So I, I think, and he said, then I, this guy continues to pray in the temple. I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector over here. And this, these are not IRS agents, guys. This was a different deal. So we, we tease our people who are employed uh, by the IRS. But it's, it's really not very fitting, or we probably couldn't tease them. It'd be too close to home, but it's not fitting. And so this guy, these people tended to be crooks. They were in a position to cheat you blind, and they had the power to do it, and you had to pay them. And so this, this number two guy is standing over here, and he won't lift his face, Jesus says, to heaven, and he, he, he's, the body language is, God, I'm a mess, and he is beating on his chest. Be merciful to me, a sinner. He wasn't claiming that he wasn't a cheat. He was asking for the mercy of God. That's a good prayer. Good prayer. So Jesus said, who went home justified that day from the temple? Okay, that's, that's just a picture that we need to keep in mind always because God is looking for us to pray with humility. And humility is not, I'm worse than anybody else. It's not about you in comparison with anybody else. When you do that, the Scripture says you are not wise. Stop that is another way to paraphrase that Scripture. Don't do that. Don't compare yourself with others. Um, if, if, you have, if you have a struggle with your with your identity, you'll compare yourself with the best person you know. And you'll always come out short. Or if you're on the other end of that thing, you'll compare yourself with the worst person you know, and you'll, you'll, just, be, you'll just be encouraging yourself in your stinking pride. And stinking is a nice word for what pride really is. Remember that pride goes before a fall. So, when we come to the Lord, we must come like Daniel. So we, we read in verse 3, So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Now, sackcloth and ashes is a heavy, is a heavy deal here because um, it, it, was, it was a huge deal to have something better against your skin. Some of you have sensitive skin, and you have to be careful of, about the kind of underwear. And I know this may sound a little personal, but it, it, this is just fact. The kind of underwear you wear, because the other will, will cause you problems. I've heard of that. My skin, bless my heart, uh, It'll get skin cancer, but other than that, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty tough. And uh, so it was very important. And Jesus had a finely done undergarment. That's what they didn't tear up at the foot of the cross 
but gambled for. Okay, that was the undergarment. And it was roughly like a, a Roman toga. It was kind of knee length and um, relatively loose fitting. Then on top of that, uh, the cloak, if you will, various robes, whatever. Uh, Daniel was in uh, the mid part of the Middle East that doesn't get very cold most of the time. So it was, he, he, if this was anywhere in, in the middle, the summer middle of the year, um, he didn't have heavy stuff on. But he stripped down, including the undergarment, and put sackcloth. Now, if you're from the southwest part of the U.S., you know what the term tosack means. Anybody know tosack? Oki? Oh, you guys, you're from nowhere. What? You know what? That's burlap. That's a burlap bag. That's just burlap. That's what burlap is in Oklahoma and Texas and Arkansas, apparently, and, and Missouri also. Wow. You must have had some relatives from some of those other parts of the world. And so that is scratchy. It's awful. And I remember with kid as a kid being around the farm and, and or all through the years and dealing with uh, feed, and it would come in toe sacks. And that stuff would wear the hide off your knuckles. I mean, if you had to handle it a lot, tough. And dressed in that. And then ashes is just the ash heap. It's just where you take the cooking fire and put it out here. And they just go out there. And they would sit down on that ash heap. And they would get hands full like this. And take it up like this. And just let it go right down over their hair, their beard. If, if For the guys, the guys, okay. And uh, didn't offend you girls. Thank you. You're, you're sweet. And, and, and get all in this Tosac business. And that's, what, that's the way he was dressing. Now, this guy had been finely uh, dressed and possibly manicured. I have no idea. They, he, he was in the upper echelons of government for literally generations. And... This is the way he responded to what he saw in the Scripture, what he saw in his people, what he saw in his own heart, and, and how he was before God. I, I push back from this kind of external stuff like sackcloth and ashes, but Daniel didn't. You know, uh, when Job got in trouble, he didn't push back from that. And um, I know in some of the liturgical churches, um, you know, you can you can get uh, there, there's a time of the year when you get the it's really soot on your face. What 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 Ash Wednesday? And uh, you know we're we're not I've never been into liturgies and so you know it's kind of like i'm glad we don't do that it's kind of my response that's not that's good or bad it's just i don't want to do that <clears throat> and uh, but i'm not sure it's all that bad 
Maybe there's a message there. Maybe our message, maybe our hearts would get the message if something happened to the outside of us that was a little funky, the thought. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying we need to be really, really careful about our, our pride and uh, our rights. So Daniel dressed himself in this really self-abasing and, and when people saw that, it was almost embarrassing. They were almost embarrassed for you. If you remember when Esther was, and this was in the same, Daniel was in the rulership of this, of this uh, nation when Esther was the queen, and Mordecai, her cousin, who was also her uh, guardian, had dressed himself in sackcloth, and was going through the streets of the city wailing because of what was going to happen to the Jews, but he couldn't come into the king's gate because nobody could come into the king's area dressed in sackcloth. That's just a picture of how they saw sackcloth. No, you don't do that here. You're going to dress up, baby. This is, this is a black tie, if not a white tie, event. You come into the king's presence. So Daniel, in the palace where he lived, dressed completely down, completely dirty, and and he started praying. Uh, he pleaded with the Lord, the Scripture says, and he pours out his heart to God and says, O Lord, verse 4, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. Now, Daniel was one of those guys that was so straight in the way he lived that he squeaked when he walked. He was straight as far as righteousness is concerned. That's what I'm in that term. Sinful, straight, straight. This is Daniel. So here was a really good chance for him to do the Pharisee thing. Oh, God, I thank you that I'm not like my fathers, but boy, were they bad. Listen to what he says. We have sinned, done wrong. We have been wicked. We have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. That's called humility. And... I want us to be very, very careful about, as we try to teach faith and lead faith and take stands in the promises of God, and it is so important to do that, be very, very careful that everything that we are and every foundation on which we stand is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is just his righteousness. And if you ever did one righteous thing in your life, it would go stark raving mad from loneliness. We are not holy. We are the temples of the holy God, the Holy Spirit. Don't you know, Paul wrote, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we are holy, glory to God, in Christ Jesus. 
And outside of that, we know you, and our suggestion is go take a bath. There's a shower. You stink. <laughs> I finally got it out. Uh, it, it reminds me of, you remember uh, Happy Days on the TV. Some of you old enough to remember that. And Fonzie, and Fonzie was, you know, he was the fourth person of the Trinity almost. He was just really something. Well, one time he was, <laughs> this is so great, he was trying to say, I was wrong. And he says, I was, I was, and he finally said, I wasn't right. <laughs> he just couldn't say, I was wrong. And that's, that's the human condition. He spoke for us all. And many times I know that some of us have, have gotten this manipulative thing down. I'm one of those where we just, you know, we're worse than everybody else, and we're hoping somebody will come along and say, well, you're really not that bad. But you are. We are. And it has nothing to do with anything. O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands, we have sinned and wrong, we have been wicked, we have rebelled, we have turned away from your commands and laws. And then he goes on and just prays without any... Uh, disclaimers for himself. He is a part of this deal. We and our fathers, the whole dirty bunch is the way I was taught it when I was a kid. The whole dirty bunch. That just meant the whole crowd. He, his fathers, his grandfathers, his brothers and sisters, and uh, he didn't have any kids but any nieces and nephews, all of them were sinful. We have sinned. Now, one of the ways to help with humility is to keep the idea, God, do this for your glory, for your sake. And he says that in, in verse 17, for your sake. And he refers like 19 times in this prayer for God's benefit. And uh, we, we refer to God in, in this prayer like 19 times. Man is referred to 11 times. Uh, you can read the whole chapter to get that picture. But then he says, give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O oh Lord, listen. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, hear and act. For your sake, O oh my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. This was for God's sake. And he, got, he could get into that part. When he's talking about his own righteousness, he just says, it's not about us. It's about your great mercy. Our righteousness, uh, Isaiah said, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But um, he, he could get into this for your sake, hear and act. Is we bear your name. We're making you look badly. God, help us with this. Is that a good prayer? I love that prayer. 
I'm not real proud of the way I've made you look today, God. I've, I've said that. It's like, I hate to say that. Because if in doubt, you can always keep your, uh, you should always keep your mouth shut. Can is an interesting verb there. So I'll, let me just get myself off the hook. Uh, I couldn't help it. <laughs> no, you just shut your mouth if you're not going to make God look good. But I have something to say. And <laughs> nobody wants to hear it. I mean, but you. And, and I think my response would be, well, I want to hear it enough for all of us, so I'm going to say it anyway. No. See, that? hello? Is that who we are? But it's not about our righteousness. It's about his mercy. And he then comes and helps James says it, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. That kind of flies in the face of this thing. Um, God wants you to prosper and just name it and claim it and confess it. Listen, God wants you to prosper so that you can give money away, but that prosper thing is very relative. If you had seen where Eunice and I came from in our first pastorate and where we live now, if you had seen the church building, and we had building program there, and we more than doubled the square footage of that, of that facility, and if you'd seen that and, and then said, well, someday you will lead the construction of a church that has two elevators in it, <laughs> we'd have all just kind of chuckled and said, that's not even really very funny. I mean, it's just like, that would be just like, Plunk. But God changes things. And if he wants to prosper you, enjoy it. Be generous. One of the notes, I'm going to steal part of my thunder for next month's uh, giving series. One of the ways to keep uh, the grasping selfishness out of prosperity is Generosity. Give the stuff away. Be, if you're married, by all means, you and your spouse need to be in agreement on this and be generous and give it. And that's the, that's the will of God. But some of us, when we prosper, are going to move to a better house, which would be like the, you know, like the gatekeeper at somebody else's house. That's a Christian that God is prospering. Stop comparing yourself with others. Stop that. And rejoice in the Lord and look at what God has given you and say, Lord, how do you want this divided up? And he'll give you guidance. He will give you guidance. The scripture already does in many ways. I'm gonna, I just need to choose upsides and stop here because I can go on for a while in this chapter. But the humility that happened, here is the, here is the thing and you have to go to the last part of the chapter. I, I can't stop here. I have to do these last verses. Um, when, when he stopped praying, verse 23, as, as soon as you begin to pray, the answer was given. This is an angel talking to him. Which I have come to tell you for your highly esteemed. As soon as you began to pray, Boy, that's a quick answer. 
And I think God always answers like that. He, it's not the answer you want every time because he can say no, yes, wait. Uh, I don't know. There may be other answers to prayer. But God is paying attention to you, especially if you're humble. So Daniel by himself began to move the hand of God. You see, the prophecy was given. But it was not going to happen until the people of God begin to participate. And we have this thing in our country. Uh, it's kind of related to Calvinism. It's like, well, God will do what he wants to do. Well, why did Jesus tell us to pray, will of God be done? If God's going to do it, that's, that's silly. I don't think Jesus does silly prayers. So God is waiting on us to get off our duff and pray his will. Find out what his will is. Well, I don't know what his will is. Well, read the book. Read the book. You say, it's late and I'm old or whatever you might say. Well, get the book on tape or not tape anymore, but get it on your iPod like I have it and listen to the book. Because we need to know what it says so we can pray correctly. Now, we know God's will is to save everybody. God's will is for his, his body to be united, for the church to do the work. In, in the church uh, meetings outside, rattling the world around. We know that's God's will, etc., etc. So, let's participate in what God is doing these days and we do it by coming down we're not claiming our righteousness we're claiming the righteousness of Jesus Christ and boy you can wax eloquent about him and and you see God has set it up so that you see the beauty the righteousness and all the stuff that Jesus deserves you see that that is ours did you get it? That's ours. That's not pride, honey. That is true humility. When you will humble yourself and accept what belongs to Jesus and with gratitude, liberty, the gifts of the Spirit, all that stuff, that's all we need. It's just the full revelation of Jesus Christ in every one of us. That's all we need. Church will be fine. <laughs> that's all we need. You up for that? I know you are. I know you guys. And I just want us to stay focused, not get pushed one side or the other. Let's get our works done. May we stand. If you would like to come and, and kneel, I invite you to do that. If you'd like to sit back down and pray, if you'd like to stand where you are and pray, Turn and kneel where you are. I don't care. You want to walk and pray. Many people do better if you're one of these that needs to walk between these rows and pray. Please do that. Let's pray for ourselves. You run out of something about you to pray for, pray for me. But pray for yourself that we will be able to receive what God has already provided in Christ Jesus to the fullest. I want all that he is ready to give me now. Knowing that tomorrow you'll probably want to do something else, more of him, but that's the way I ask you to pray. God bless you as you pray.